The Buyback Podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. The Buyback. Yeah, baby! Oh, man. Hi, everyone. This episode's special because it's the first time we recorded The Buyback. It's what got this whole thing started. We really hope you enjoy it, and we can't wait to see you again in Season 2 this September. So why don't you do your intro? How are you? Um, no, I'm... No, do the, like, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
So, uh, no, you want to, you can order water. I'm just going to tell you, you shit. <laughs> I'm going to give you shit about it. That's okay. It. All right. That's fair. <laughs> what, so, <laughs> okay. so, Mark, what is your bar history and how did you get into bartending? Well, I lived all my life in England. And then I hated it because England shit. We're an island nation. All we want to do is fight. Huh. And I just left it to go to a better place, which is Barcelona. We just picked a place, and it was Barcelona. And I ended up working in a bar in Barcelona, and I just had no experience. It's not like New York where you need experience. You can just learn as you go over there. And that's it. I worked there for nine years, and then I've been bartending here for, in New York for seven years. What is your most memorable story from working in bars? Or memorable stories. I mean, it isn't one story. I Like, after working in maybe 15 bars in my life, and going to, obviously, thousands of bars, but I worked in the craziest bar in the world. Like, I literally, even movies haven't had bars as crazy. Like, even the fucking bar in Always Sunny in Philadelphia was on par with this bar, and that was scripted. So this bar was in Barcelona. The owner was some weird old Jewish guy, right? And he, he loved Borat because Borat was Jewish, and he was taking the piss out of his own nations, right? And he loved that black that black humor, right? Uh, I think in America it's called dark, dark humor. Dark humor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Black humor is the same thing. We got it. 2020. You can still say black? You can say black. It's okay, actually 2021. Is it? It is, yeah. Shit, man. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, this bar was crazy. I mean, we had, like, two midgets behind the bar, the most expensive liquor on the top shelf, and everyone would come in the bar and order top shelf liquor because the midgets couldn't reach it just to fuck with them. Right? We had an indoor slip and slide. It was, it was just chaos all the fucking time. Right? All the fucking time. And... I guess there's two two of the highlights of the weirdest stories. Probably people won't believe it, but I do have videos. <laughs> okay, the, fir the first one was during Halloween. And this this owner of the bar, right, he gave us 200 euros as a budget, which I guess is like 260 in US dollars, to make the bar in the most offensive thing we could do. Because in Europe, it's not like America where on Halloween where girls want to be dressed sexy. It's all like zombified and offensive shit and all that kind of stuff. So we had like three tiny rooms and he said, here's your budget, go and make it offensive. I want at least 20 customer complaints this fucking weekend, right? <laughs> and the first room where the bar was, was just like bad jokes on the wall. The second room, right? Like, I've got to reiterate, this guy's Jewish. So, you know... Is it the owner? And he just watched Borat, where, you know, Borat is just making fun of Jews. Mm -hmm. And it was okay, you know? Jews could take piss out of Jews, you know? like And so he's... <laughs> yeah, how, how Halloween in Europe is not the same because... Yeah, so in, in, are... in the States, where I didn't even know until I landed here, but... All the girls try and be sexy, and all the guys try and be cool, but I guess in Europe, everyone tries to be like the Walking Dead movie, like they're just trying to be a zombie, and gross, or if not gross, offensive. So, anyway. Literally. Yeah, like, so they, they've got, they've 
they've just got more tolerance to be, to jokes okay. than they have over here. One hundred percent. Right. So the guy goes, the boss goes, like, just be as offensive as you can. I don't give a shit. So one of the bartenders, one of the bar, one of the bartenders, his girlfriend, this that Halloween weekend, was getting an abortion, right, in Sweden because she was Swedish, and she didn't trust Spanish doctors in Spain, so she went all the way to Sweden to get an abortion. Mm. So we decided, in her honor, to make the back room an abortion clinic. Like these fuckers, I tell you, these these females that were working for us. They, they did a fucking standout job. They made all the walls white. They did papier mache, um, like uh, fetuses hanging from coat hangers, going around the fans. It was insane. Like it was, it was fucking off. To be fair, or to be, uh, to clarify, no abortions happened at the bar. No. Okay. No. No. <laughs> right. The middle room. Now, <laughs> the the middle room was was the real one, the, the real offensive one. Like wait, they, that, wait, that wasn't the real one? Oh, no, 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 oh, okay. no. Because uh, uh, abortions in Europe isn't offensive, right? Okay. It's just, you know, part of life. Like, uh, the real one, was, the, the offensive one was the middle one. They, they basically recreated Auschwitz, right? They had a beer pong table that was a swastika, right? They had every light was, they took the white light bulbs out, and they put red ones in, and put a gas mask over these red light bulbs, Right? They they put Hitler jokes all around this room. On it, it was unreal, right? And the boss comes in and guys and goes, guys, you did a good job. I feel like we had some complaints this weekend. Your boss and sounds like a very questionable human being. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, this is why this is in the story. Right. If I if I work for you know Donald Trump, it'd be questionable, but. We could believe it, right? I would believe it. You're right. You're right. right. And we had lots of complaints. It was fun. We had a police inspection because they liked inspecting bars on busy days and they knew Halloween. The police didn't even blink. Didn't even blink at any of that shit. I just said there was a bachelor party of 15 German dudes, right? So I'm bartending. They're they're in the middle room. They're in Auschwitz. The Germans are in Auschwitz. Mm And one of the waitresses comes up to me. She run, runs up to the bar and goes, Mark, Mark, the Germans are tearing down Auschwitz. <laughs> and one of the guys that, that helped build this out just jumped over the bar, right, ran to and pinned the biggest German. Oh, that's right, this German was like six times bigger than this yeah. bartender. Yeah. Pinned him up against the wall and goes, you can build the real thing and you can't deal with this. <laughs> And I swear on my life, I never saw a comeback so quick. It was brilliant. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> right? Fast forward to the end of the night, after all this fucking roller coaster of emotions, me and the manager of the bar, we end up going to have a fucking foursome with these two customers. One of them was dressed up as a demon. Uh-huh. One girl was dressed up as an angel. And we're driving to our house. And my... Manager just gets paranoid. He gets paranoid and he just jumps out of the vehicle at a fucking red traffic light. And I'm in, I end up in bed with an angel and a demon. I shit you not. Like, you can't even fucking write this. And I'm going, I thought 
The Auschwitz shit was weird. This is fucking weird. Again, no one's going to believe me. No one will ever believe me. Well, I'll oh, tell you this. I, if they come down to visit you at Sing Sing Avenue A, because there are multiple Sing Sings in New York, you can tell them the story yourself. And I'm sure after knowing you for about 30 minutes, they'll know it's true. They'll believe you. I have a question. What were you dressed up as? It's not very interesting. I, I'm not really into dressing up. And my one of the bartenders gave, gave me a cow costume. Uh, so you've told me a couple stories about that place. And I heard that drug use was pretty rampant. Um, to the point of, there was a dispensary? Yeah, so the boss was getting pissed off because the toilets consisted of two tiny cubicles. And above the to- there weren't any urinals, there was just toilets. And I'm sorry, what? Urinals, whatever you guys do. Yanks, eh? What's wait? Uh, it's called what in urinals, mate. Rhinos? Oh, Urinals. Urinals. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> They're gonna get the gist of it, aren't they? Well, I think it's funny. Right. So <laughs> there weren't no urinals. There was just two toilets, and above the toilets there was condom machines. And these condom machines, like the only flat surface in the toilet was the top of the condom machine. So to to do a line. Customers would have to get on the condom, the toilet seat and do a line. And like toilet seats aren't meant for full body's weight. So every fucking two, three weeks, they'd break. And the boss was pissed off. Like the boss was so getting, he was spending so much, like there's no industrial fucking toilet seat that could handle a whole body weight, right? Standing up. There just isn't. And in the end, like I suggested to him, like if you can't beat him, join him. And we built, we built cocaine shelves in the toilets. And then we thought we'd do one better, and the the fragrance dispenser that was on the timer, we took out the fragrance thing, mm. and every time you pushed a button, a straw and a card would come out to facilitate <laughs> the end user's you know drug habit. I thought that was pretty cool. See, this is the kind of story I wouldn't believe yeah. if I hadn't known you. Well, it's ingenuity, right? It's it's the bar ingenuity. I will say this. Uh, when I used to work at a bar, it, I mean, closed. if you go on, to, this bar was called the Queen Vic Barcelona, mm. and if you go, I guess, on their Facebook page and go, does anyone remember this? I get a million customers that go, yes. Ah. I was there at that time. What was the boat's name? The Queen Vic the Barcelona. Queen Vic. Uh, I used to work at a bar in uh, a financial district, and there were shelves above the urinals. Uh, that's the word, right? Yeah. And the shelves were, as I was told, um, for your drinks. So you put your drink above the urinal and you would, you would take your piss and you would leave. But I also had a job at the end of the night. I had to wipe down the top of that shelf. I would always wipe it down. I would always wipe it down to make sure it was clean because you would walk down there and sure, there were some drink rings, but like, it was mostly a white powder. Talcum powder. Yeah, power. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, amazing. Mine. No. Where are we? Gross. Um, so, Mark, uh, we've talked a lot about wildness and, and craziness, but what is the grossest thing you've ever seen at a bar? Or encountered in your own bar where you just went, I'm done. 
I'm out. I'm going to quit this. I can't. This is the grossest thing I've ever seen. Okay. It was the same bar. I opened the bar at 3 p.m. And this is pretty bad. There was zero customers. It was a stupid Tuesday, Monday, whatever it was. I believe they're called uh, Miercoles and Mines. And... Miercoles is Wednesday, you fucking illiterate (laughs) cunt. Right? And... um, No customers for the first two hours. No customers. Then an Indian man walked in and goes... In, when I say Indian, for you Americans, mm. it's not the guys that you stole the land from. It's the Pakis <laughs> we have in England. Yeah. Right? Jesus, okay. <laughs> so he walked yeah. in, like, holding his crotch, going, please, please, sir, please, sir, I, can I use the toilet? I said, yeah, go on. He goes in there, spends about five, six minutes in the bathroom, leaves, thought nothing of it. Still the worst, the quietest day ever. My next customer in there, was one of my employees coming to cover me. So she, she walks in like two hours later. That's how quiet the shift was. And she, she comes in and she goes to the bathroom to use the bathroom. And she comes out with this horrified expression on her face. And she goes, Mark, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. There's a problem in the bathroom. I go, what, what's up? She said, I can't tell you. It's heartbreaking. You need to go in there and look for yourself. And I went, Cat, just tell me what, what's up. She goes, I can't. I can't describe it. I, I throw up just describing it. <laughs> so I go in there. And this fucking arsehole, this arsehole, this nice man said, please, can I use the toilet? And I said, yes, without buying a drink. He shat on his hands and start doing fucking face oh. handprints with his shit on the walls. Like, literally, he wasn't even fucked up or drunk. Like, how can you do that? Like, how can you do that at fucking 6 p.m., 7 p.m., just handprints of shit on the walls? Like, do you know how, like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I needed a book of vacation after that. Yeah, yeah. You've had experience in, it sounds like, a lot of different bars, a lot of different styles of bars. Um, what, if you could have your dream bar, what would be the style of the bar, the theme of the bar, what kind of drinks would you make? What is your dream or if it's already... Dream bar to work out or to own? Uh, There'd be two different things. I think both of them. Let's see. We have time. We can cut it down. To work out, it would be a dive heavy metal bar. Like, mm-hmm. I, like it's just my thing. And I love, I love that music. It's very, it's very rare that you get them these days, especially in England where I come from. There's like a handful over here. It's just, it's what I like. To own, it would be a tiki bar on a beach in a tropical place where there's 12 months of heat. That's it. Nice. Every employee wears his own fucking private, his own like Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian shirts. As yeah. inventive as possible. Are you saying that you're a proponent or an advocate of uh, uniforms at work? No, it's not a uniform if you can wear whatever you want. It's like saying just don't come naked. On a beach in a tiki bar, you're telling people not to come naked. What if they do? Is that okay? I mean, if they're naked from the bottom down, I guess if they're behind the bar, they're fine. <laughs> nice. What are some of your favorite bars to visit in New York City? In New York City, my number one has to be um, Beauty Bar, just on Saturdays and Sundays when, I mean, it could be good on the other days, but I just go there for the bartender. He's cool as fuck. Like, it, He's a living legend. 
Uh, that's really interesting. Um, for our listeners, uh, I think they are familiar with with uh, these Saturday Sunday books. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Brock, go back and listen to the first episode of the Buyback. Hey, he's, he's the nicest guy ever. Like he's got a quality that I wish I had. It's no matter what kind of cunt. Is it a heart? In, oh, sorry. What kind of cunt that walks in? He still, he still doesn't get angry. Somehow he's calm. Like they could like literally be the biggest asshole ever, and he's still calm about it. And I, I just, I could never have that time. Um, the other one I don't go to often because it's quite hard to get to from my house. It's uh, Duff's, Duff's Bar in Williamsburg. It's a rock and roll bar with weird shit going on in there. Like some of their tables are made out of coffins and they've got like sex cages up on the ceiling and it's just a weird fucking bar and I like it because it's a rock and roll bar. Nice. What about outside of New York City? One or two bars that you... In the States? Uh, no, anywhere. 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 I mean, you've, yeah. you've traveled more than we have. Um, any bar that's got good music, mm. like, I don't know, like, I, I I'm not a regular, I'm not really a regular at bars, apart from the two that I've just mentioned, but if a bar, if, uh, I'd like, I'd like to drink English cider, so if they have ciders, that's a good thing, otherwise I'm not that picky. What's your favorite drink, and how do you make it? Oh, yeah. my, my favorite drink to drink is an original Mai Tai. And for all you fucking pricks in casinos, there's no juice in it apart from lime juice. No juice, right? So a Mai Tai is lime, lime juice, orajit, dark rum, preferably Myers as a floater, and a good white rum, and triple sec. Uh, you said orangeit? What is that? Orgeat. It's a uh, almond liqueur. But my favorite drink to make in, in the States, my friend taught me how to make this a Long Island, but a reverse Long Island. The Coke goes in there. Okay. And then... Coca-Cola. Like yeah. soda. Yeah. And then... God, what kind be, of drink are you making? That'd be some bar. <laughs> well, I mean... And then you put, you know, the five liquors on the... The five liquors, everyone knows them. And then... Vodka, tequila... Rum, triple sec, whiskey, and gin. Right. No, no, no whiskey, sorry. Gin and... <laughs> you just named six, you just named yeah, six yeah. liquors. Yeah, so with no whiskey. No, no whiskey. whiskey. No whiskey. I'm yes. just thinking about the well. So okay. Right, so all of those plus, uh, plus lemon juice. Yeah. Right? And you shake them up real cold, and then it will, it will, it will uh, separate. All right, you degenerates, thank you for joining us at uh, Sing Sing Avenue A uh, for uh, the buyback. I say uh a lot. Um, but We're it's time for after hours, so we got to go rip some shots. Uh, make sure you visit Mark at Sing Sing. Yeah, if, he's, if I'm not working, complain. <laughs> Next time you're in the neighborhood and ask for a Mai Tai or reverse Long Island iced tea. This has been The Buyback with John and Alex and our good friend Mark. Thank you for joining us. Bar rule of the night. So to be a good patron at any bar, the first rule is don't stand in front of the fucking service station. Mm. Yes. Do you agree, Mark? Yeah. Like, so what, uh, the service station is where, John? It's usually that? the place when you're sitting in a bar and you really want to drink and you look at the bar and it's really crowded. There's usually that 
two to three foot area that is open. And you're like, that's my zone. You know, there's nobody a fucking sign saying no stand. Yeah. <laughs> fucking narrow it down. It's, yeah, normally a white sign or some kind of sign that says no standing in front of the service area. And that's what we're talking about, yep. right? But if you are not familiar with bars and you don't really know what's going on, which is fine. We're here to help you. Yeah. Don't go there. It's the place where the waitresses go. Well, or servers, because I served at I've served at several bars, and the service area is also where the staff do shots. Like, how Mark, how many shots have you done at a service area? I don't drink alcohol. Oh. Well, I also have to say, Alex, um, I, I, you're right. I did use the word waitresses. You definitely looked good in that cocktail serving dress. Yeah. Well, I do have nice legs. Jesus. Okay, moving on. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed The Buyback, follow us on Twitter at The Buyback, on Instagram at The Buyback Podcast, or email us at thebuybackpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. And I think that if you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do uh, to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time.